welcome to the wonderful world of the Muddy Mural Teachers. My name is Sarah Seaman. I've been a teacher for a very long time. I'm also a speaker, an author, a consultant and a trainer. And I own and run the Muddy Puddle Teacher and the creator of the Muddy Puddle Teacher Approach. Wow, look at that for a self-intro. This is a nice safe space where you are going to meet a collection and variety of the most amazing people that are going to help your practice. So sit down, get a cuppa and have a good old listen. And welcome to the Muddy Puddle Teacher Podcast. I've got two amazing Rebecca's Beckys today and they're from Thriving Languages. Hello ladies. Hi, Hi. Sarah, nice to see you. So tell the world what you two get up to in your spare time. Right, well, well, we've got our company together. It's Thriving Language Communication. No, Thriving Language, not really communication, CIC. Community interest, that's the dyslexia coming out there. So, yeah, we work together. Um, we've worked together a long time at the Children's Centre, haven't we? And Bex is a speech and language therapist, a specialist in early years, and I'm an early years lead. Do you want to say? Early years are so, so integral, working together for children to give them the best opportunities really with their development. And so when the Children's Centres changed, um, Becky and I decided we'd like to continue that working together to support children and also working with early years settings and professionals in that sector to really, really create as much as we can these language rich environments. So that's how, how it came about and what we, Becky can tell you what we're up to now. <laughs> So yeah, so what we decided to do then was start some training because there was a really big call for um, settings and early years to actually um, look at what we were doing and they were asking us to do some training. We were like, do you know what? Actually, I think we can do this. So when we worked together in the children's centres, we um, did lots of training for other people as well. So we were like, oh, I think we can do this. So we started it started then really started writing a, a few books together. We've got our own books, which are um, a book on struggling to communicate and um, snack times and looking at patterns of play because we think it's really important to see the child holistically. So in every environment, we try to create that environment where the child is really seen and really heard. Um, and actually, but we look at that through what the adults are actually interacting, you know, those quality interactions and how the child feels as well. Does that child feel that they're safe? Do they feel that they matter? They matter. And so it started a training programme and we became a community interest company um, because really we want to reach all children. And we want to make sure that all children are encompassed in what we do. So um, my area of specialism is outdoor play and I um, run a forest school with a brilliant and um, Mindy from Badger Woods as well. And then me and Beck started writing um, this book together from Routledge, which is Speech and Language in the Early Years. And that's, a com that's encompassing everything we've done. And so it's looking at it together. So I think we come from a really great aspect because I can tap into Beck's knowledge around what she knows you know about speech and language and communication and I'll be like mm, I think that would work but how can we put that into practice because being sort of a practical early years um, lead myself and leading lots of teams I'm like right this is really going to work and what do we really need to know so that that mm. works fantastically doesn't it mm. so yeah it's great working together. Because referrals for speech and language have gone up massively haven't they um, in the last three or four years um, I know it's something that a lot of schools are struggling with. When I go around um, and train at my schools, a lot of them are saying that the speech and language is just not where it should be when they're coming into school. So it is a massive thing, isn't it? 
It is. And, and obviously, you know, the last two years we've had, you know, lockdown and children have really struggled with their engagement and, and experiences. And yeah, I also work for the NHS. So I see that the pressures of, of you know, children accessing speech therapy in schools and earlier yeah. settings accessing speech therapy. Because they do have a really big problem with that. A lot of the schools yeah. are saying that the referrals, they're making, but they're not getting back because there's obviously such a backlog. Yeah. And also the, the criteria for, for referrals now, it's, it's getting harder and harder to access support. So, yes. you know, it, it, the, the children's needs are so complex. So if you have a child with, you know, sort of some mild to moderate difficulties, sometimes they're not getting through the door. So it is really difficult. And again, that's where Beck and I really hope that by, you know, sort of our outreach and our, our training and our engagement, we can support those settings where those children are, are being missed. And, you know, it, we were only talking earlier about the long term impact of, of speech and language needs. Yeah. And, you know, 60 to 70 percent of, of individuals in the youth justice system have speech language communication. Yeah, needs. That's very it's interesting. Huge. It's huge. And, and, you know, and again, the predictors at age five that, you know, we know that children with a language difficulty at age five are three times more likely to have mental health issues as an adult. You know, these these are shocking statistics, aren't they? You know, it's, say that's because of confidence so that the, the children are obviously grown up into adults and their confidence is, is taken away from them slightly because because of the speech problems. Yeah, I think I think it's accessibility. I think it's like accessing the curriculum. And I think so much of the curriculum, especially when you get to school, is based on your your verbal skills, whether that's like the comprehension of, you know, verbal yeah. instructions or, or access, you know, being able to express yourself. And if you can't do that, what message do you get? back to yourself and and thinking about the children that, that sadly do end up in the youth justice system you know if we're social creatures and we want to have a sense of belonging and if you don't feel part of your school community because you cannot access your learning you're vulnerable and then where will you find your sense of belonging to people perhaps that are more predatory and going to lead you you know down a different path so it's really really sad um and so yeah but we know if we can get that early intervention um, and, you know, then again, that's not always just about access and speech therapy. It's about having an environment for you to express and communicate. And that, like Becky was saying, so much of, of what we talk about with our settings is based in the outdoor environment. And again, you'll, you'll know this, Sarah, but it's, you know, it, there's so many more opportunities and for extending that language and, and having those sort of really child led play and engagement. Um, so, yeah, we do a lot of that, don't we, Becky? That's, I think so much so that we've we have now um, enabled an outdoor learning space, um, you know, with the Gloucestershire University so that we can look and work with children so that um, they can come to us and we can have outdoor play patterns of play and communication sessions sessions and speech and language sessions, which is really great because we're encompassing everything we know and what is best for the child and we can follow the child's lead and we can really say, okay, what, where are these child's like non-verbal cues? What is happening here? What can we actually see? And it's in a unpressurized environment, just using totally, totally natural resources. And this is something that we're really growing now and it's it's really working well. And we're seeing children coming back and we're seeing real differences. So we like say, you know, we don't need to say to you, Sarah, you know what the outdoors does. <laughs> I know and, and sometimes what's hard for me is um, trying to get the benefits across to people um, and saying you know the, the outdoors just opens so much up for children um, I mean I, I remember having a little boy once who was a selective mute and he wouldn't speak in the classroom but outside he would 
with me, which is yeah. just incredible, isn't it? I was just working at a nursery yesterday in Ipswich and they were saying that there's children that don't really, well, they play quite solo inside, but then they'll communicate with their peers when they're outside. And, and it, it's, it's, it's just so massive, isn't it? I, you know, I think, yeah, the pressure's... Home, it's a huge difference for some children. I think it takes the pressure off as well, doesn't it? And also, if you think about what are the sounds inside, how, how do you, how does a child become heard inside when there's such, you know, the decibels are huge quite often, you yeah. know, so we're like, we're like outside, has, it hasn't got that roof on, has it? It hasn't got that, you know, it's got all of the natural senses that you can find and everything you can hear and you can hear children. I think, is it 75% more entrances outside for children? So, so we know all the research, so let's just completely get outside. So, yeah, I think it changes the adults as well. I find that the adults interact with the children a lot more when they're outside. I think there's so many distractions for them inside, taking them off that, you know, pure relationship with a child. I think they do just get uh, you get a, a deeper level with them when they're outside. I'm finding with the staff. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that in, when you're inside, it, there is that temptation to. And Becky and I, even like when you're working, if you're if you're inside, there's a temptation. You see something like, oh, better empty the washing machine, or you know, you, yeah. there are things that you see. Whereas, yeah, when you're outside, it it just does enable you to be perhaps more in the moment. And you know, if when you're in that moment, it is a totally different experience for you and the child. And I think that there's, it's that like Becky was saying acoustically the outside is is fabulous because sometimes you know you can have very high echoey ceilings and actually if you're a child with some communication difficulties and you've got some hearing loss through blue ear if you've got a really echoey space it's really difficult to be able to focus and engage and learn and interact whereas outside where you've got the grass the leaves the trees that will naturally absorb the echoey sound so you get a very different acoustic so speech will sound different outside and just the whole experience is different I have to admit I'm naturally an indoors person I'm yeah. always I'm always cold I'm always wrapped up I always have a blanket it um but Becky has opened my eyes to working outside I being honest with you I would still naturally gravitate towards being inside that's you know but little steps like now I'll make sure I've always got some fresh air um and I'll enjoy that breathing that fresh air in but it's you know it's not it is not my it would not be my natural environment I have to say no, you're, you're not the only one that feels like that there's many people that are like that but I think when you're a teacher because I wouldn't say that I well I, I am quite outdoorsy I'm not gonna lie I am <laughs> but, you know, I come across the stuff that aren't but when they see the benefits for the children that's why they're out there they might not naturally want to be out there but they're out there because they can see all the benefits for the children and also you know something that we've been doing a lot at MPT this week is just the the, the changes in behavior is just remarkable you know some children are, are telling us you know that maybe they're being a bit disruptive in the classroom but they are trying to communicate that they need to be outside they need to do big movements they're kids for goodness sake aren't they yeah they need to be out they need to be moving you're right and and also they're you know like we said like non-verbally what are they actually telling us non-verbally yeah. that we're that we're missing but that perhaps we've got more time me and Bex always talk about time pace space you yeah. know look at that outside so much easier to do and also so much easier to understand children and what that what they're telling us so like we said before the research is there so why would we not why would we not go outside and like you've got to have that you've got to understand where your where your bias is you know if, if you want to be inside that's fair enough if you want to be outside that's fair enough as well but like we say when the research says let's let's get out and let's let's enable these children children do all need to be outside then there always needs to be a choice you know 
there does need to be a choice, but the research is telling us and it's backing up all our professionalism of like outside, this is where the children are going to learn the best. Absolutely. I think what's a shame is that the early years curriculum obviously has an area of communicational language where the national curriculum has a couple of strands in literacy about it. You know, it's got a bit of a section on speaking, but really what we're saying here is that speech and language brings everything together. So there should be more of an emphasis on it really, you know, all the way up to the children up to year six, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, It just underpins everything. And like we were saying, if you're struggling with your communication skills, how can you access your environment? You know, it, it it really is, it does make things and makes life much more challenging. So there's the learning side of things. There's also the social interaction side of things. It's, I was working with a little boy last week and he so desperately wanted to play, but he just couldn't express that. And the other children weren't picking up on his cues. And so again, what does that do for you as, as you know, in terms of your self-esteem? And, but again, thinking about the outside, outside, he could start like a chasing game because he'd got the space to do that. And then then he was able to play without talking um, and feel part of that community. But no, there's so many, so many aspects and and having sort of, you know, good communication skills underpins so much in terms of like learning and emotional well-being, which, you know, is really important right now. Absolutely. And a lot of that I would have thought is done through play. And again, you know, it's my bugbear going through school that the children are getting uh, their afternoon plays taken away now in primary schools, you know, past early years um, and giving more opportunities for play, would you say helps them with their peer conversations? Oh, totally. And, and we know that play is the most important thing a child can do. So, you know, like like we say, play times, really, they're playing all the time, aren't they? This is what children are doing. And respecting that children need to play and looking at how they play is crucial to professionalism and enabling children. So all the way through, I mean, why would you take a playtime off a child? Because, again, you know, we're all, all adults. We're sitting down. We're doing something now. I, I wouldn't have been a child who would have sat down very much at school. You know, I would have been outside. Fortunately, I had a school that, that was enabled through a process to go outside. And we loads of us played outside all the time. And that's why I feel that I thrived. So yeah. that's, that's you know, but I, I think children's actually going outside enabling. I think lessons outside you know like we were talking like last week why would you why would you have a science lesson inside when why would you look at plants inside yeah so so again it might be because it's always been done like that but actually now it's time to change it so let's yeah it is absolutely and um I was just I mean something I do a lot in my training is getting people to reflect on our childhoods when we pretty much all of our play out of school was outside coming home when it was dark or when you were hungry and the children just are not doing that now it's not really something that's seen as socially acceptable for a start um and obviously there's this big um influx of technology which is sort of like do you think all of them have a play with speech and language issues i think they do Mm -hmm. don't they yeah no certainly the technology side of things certainly i think again it it's how it's used it, you know we can't it's it is the future so we can't be precious about things um evolving and changing but I think the risk is especially when you've got devices that are handheld because what happens is like literally your whole body becomes inward and you're, you're, yeah you're folded up you're almost into a ball and you're not even seeing anything around you so I do think yeah a lot of my conversations with families are about technology and it, it you know it does have a place yeah. um 
but it has to, it just has you just have to be really careful don't you and sometimes as adults we also have to accept that as, as a parent sometimes you need a little bit of quiet and yeah. actually that's fine oh, isn't yes. it it's, oh yes totally <laughs> but but you know we do have we do have children who are on on tablets doing all sorts of things you know for days and hours and days at a time and it, it really yeah they might be learning the odd thing the odd skill but it's it's that lack of engagement with the wider world um that, that really is having an impact absolutely and these things are addictive you know there's so much evidence and we're all addicted to our own technology as well you know as you can be as mindful as you like but if your phone pings there's a thing in your brain that goes off as well so you know we no matter how disciplined we are we're all part of that same situation so it's a it's definitely about role modeling and it's definitely about you know having time away from your own technology so that children can see that that's just not the only not the only way and I think what um another reason why I just love going outdoors is it ha technology has no place out there so it's almost like a, an easy way and healthy way for us to show our children how to balance that because when you step outside there is no place for, for your technology really do you think that I think that I think that's it for the adults as well though I think sometimes they think that they're doing it for the children and actually they're doing it it's so beneficial for adults that you know and we see that in our, our forest schools that we run you know it'll be the adults in the hammocks really relaxing and and swinging and they'll be doing some activity that's there and the children will be engaged really deeply in, in their play so which which is fantastic so it's a great it's great for role but I think sometimes we're learning more from the children because the children, you know, we need we need to pop our, our devices away, like you say, and then get outside and see. And also for children's eyesight as well, the children's eyesight, they need the layers outside. They need to see that depth. They need to see the horizon. So it's so cute. It's so crucial for that as well, isn't it? It really is. Well, I'm so glad I found you two, actually. <laughs> I think we're oh. just singing off the same hymn sheet here, aren't we? We um, are. So if schools want to book you in to come and do some speech and language, can they do that? Where yes, they can. Yeah, they can. They can come to www.thrivinglanguage.co.uk. They can email into rebecca at thrivinglanguage.co.uk. They can find all about um, our publications through um, Routledge and Waterstones and various um, sort of outlets there as well. We've got our own publications that they can see. We can do bespoke training packages, which we do for early years education for schools as well. So, yeah, they can just head over to us and click on. And obviously, we've got our thriving language podcast as well so yeah come and come and join us and be part of the amazing um amazing sort of professionals who are creating environments where all children are understood genuinely all understood and i don't think you're just for teachers either or early early years practi uh, practitioners i do get a lot of parents coming to me as well a bit lost maybe they're not being supported as they would like in their schools quite a lot of special needs children that are non-verbal and they're just stuck i'm sure your book would be really really helpful for them it would yeah be really helpful for them and we do work with parents one-to-one -one as well and we do some we do some group sessions so if any parent wants to ask us any questions again email over we do do one-to-one -one, um sessions so yeah we'd be more than happy to help families which we do already busy busy ladies <laughs>
<laughs> right, well, thank you both ever so much. I'm going to let you get on with your day. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, Sarah. What a great podcast episode, right? So if you are now ready to come and join us, um, we have online training in a gold subscription that gives you access to all of our training and resources. You can start now, you can pay monthly or yearly. Uh, a silver subscription gives you resources only. So if you're not really interested in the training side of things, you just want the resources because they make your life easier, as well as a little bit of CPD on the way, then join up with a silver account and again, pay monthly or pay yearly. We do also do whole school subscriptions um, and we do whole school training as well. So head to the website www.themuddypuddleteacher.co.uk and we also now do a Zoom staff training session. So if you just wanted a little bit of a CPD top up in outdoor learning, we can come and do that via Zoom. So again, head to the website and thank you for joining us today.